Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50,000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks share a review afterward, and always keep it real. So Daniel, just thinking about that, like what, what resonates with you? So when I was earlier in my career, uh, I worked alongside my, my family in a family business. Um, edu uh, education focus, we build and operate private schools was the business. Um, we still have some connections to it. The business was entirely bootstrapped by my father. He built the whole thing from, from nothing. And at some point, you know, approaching the 2008-9 recession you know, era, we partnered with a private equity firm. And um, it was not a productive partnership for us. And, you know, we didn't know, you know, what we didn't know, I think, both in terms of like how the, how the industry operates, you know, thinking about like who, who really, you know, they are beholden to, like in their LPs. Um, and also just like the broader theme of like choosing your partners wise, we never had any partners. So we didn't really have to think about that. We understood it, but we didn't think so deeply about it. That experience, you know, started a fairly uncomfortable, ah, spiral is a strong term, but certainly a fairly uncomfortable period of time, about a decade uh, of which, you know, a lot of lessons were learned the hard way. You know, it's one thing to start from little to nothing and build up and like understand that, that struggle, it's something else to come from something and fall down and then build back up. Hmm. It's a much more complicated journey in a lot of ways. Um, expectations, you know, managing those can be really difficult coming from that direction. Um, and a lot of that was kind of, for me, a lot of the growing up process came from that experience. Um, I was also at that time, in that time frame at least, 
beginning to build my current business. Um, and I learned a lot about, you know, what to do, what not to do from that experience. So, you know, I'm old enough now, or I'm, I'm, I'm far enough removed from that experience to not have nightmares about it. But for a long time, it affected a lot of like my sleep, my relationships, my perspective, um, and not in a good way. It now has an effect and it still, it still affects those things, but in a much more positive way now. That's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. And what do you mean by that? Is it, is it trust that was broken there? Uh, it was, a, so trust is a part of it. Um, it's just more, you know, it, you, you know, you have to be mindful of who you get in bed with in simple terms, right? I, I apply that theme to my professional relationships, both who, you know, who we, who we hire, who we collaborate with, who we take on as clients. And certainly, you know, we, at the moment, we don't have any outside funding, but if we were ever to, it would be a very clear red line, you know, making sure we assess that really carefully, but also personal relationships. You know, you, you, you get into, you know, as you get older, you realize that these relationships are super important and they can also be fleeting. And, you know, who you decide to spend your time with, you've heard the old, the old adage, you know, you are kind of the average of the five people you spend the most time with, you know, so, and I, I believe that, um, but it's also, you know, I think about like my marriage, my wife, who I love and adore, I rely on her for so many things. And I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'm looking over my shoulder every second thinking like, is this really going to work? Because, you know, you build this, you build an enterprise and it can all go away if you mismanage those personal relationships. So it, it kind of, there's a lot of cross-pollination that I think about um, from that experience. And again, it served me very well because I think I made the right decisions in terms of who I, who I spend my time with these days. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, what you learn as when you become an adult is like, it's not as, you know, it's higher stakes than, than it appears, you know, in high school and even in college. And that Band-Aid comes off, you know, one way or the other, either gently or, or ripped off. Um, there's always that moment of truth that, 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 that people experience. Um, and so, you know, it's never comfortable, but it's really important. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. This is going to be really helpful for really anyone listening to this. And I'd love to, like, expand on, like, the, the lessons learned and, like, how you approach new relationships now, whether it's your personal, professional, or just any relationship cautiously. Um, when it comes to professional relationships, I'm, I certainly do my research, but I'm also like a gut feeling kind of guy. Um, and I, it could be, you know, maybe too judgmental too early, but I would rather err on the side of, I'd rather not get into this than this is like a great opportunity, even though there's some hair on this one, you know, I, it just, it's not worth it to me to, for the potential to have to untangle something down the road it's just not worth it to me, generally speaking. That doesn't mean that we don't find ourselves in situations that could have been avoided or that I don't go into things that end up being very fruitful, even though I wasn't sure about them in the beginning. But as a general statement, I, I tend to err on the side of, it's gonna, I'm going I'm to avoid this one for now. Uh, definitely professionally, in some cases personally too. Um, I, I just, I'd rather be safe than sorry. And to you, like, what makes a good partnership, like a values-aligned partnership? Like, where do you try and start and what's been a good guiding so hand for you? You said the word trust earlier, and that, I think, is it's critical for me. Uh, in our organization, and as I look around at a lot of the organizations these days, certainly in the post-pandemic era, I think that a lot of people have struggled with the decisions around, like, work from home and, you know, and, and things of this nature. There's a lot of things that kind of waterfall after that. It, to me, it always felt like a, like a lack of trust. 
I don't trust my people to be doing what they're expected to be doing if I'm not standing over their shoulder watching them. To me, that's no way to manage any kind of relationship, but certainly a professional relationship. In, in my case, we, we don't have that problem. I have people, I was, I got lucky, frankly. I got lucky by being introduced to, some, to, to a person who um, is, is integrity personified. Um, she's very smart, she's very capable, and our skill sets match each other, and we're not uncomfortable challenging one another's assumptions, which, again, it, I, didn't go into, I didn't know what core values were when we first started our organization. So, you know, we worked on those together, and we struggled through them with other folk members on our team, but, you know, what we saw in each other was essentially what you would call core values without saying them out loud. Um, so, again, I got lucky in the beginning, and I think that that's sometimes part of the process. Since then, we're very systematic about who we, you know, how we go about this kind of stuff. But, it, but the foundation is trust. And I'm a trusting person. You know, part of the reason why, you know, that experience I referenced earlier was, was you know, burned me so badly was because I, I subscribe to this, you know, you know, pie in the sky concept of like, why can't a handshake be good enough? Mm. Why do I need a 45 page document that covers every possible scenario here? You know, like a prenuptial for a business arrangement. It's just, I don't like it. I, I don't feel like I'm, my word is good enough. Maybe people don't take that at face value, but the reality is like, if I commit to something, I'm doing it. It's not, it's too important to me what my name, my brand represent to, to risk that. So I just wish that it could, I wish it could be that way. Um, it's not. So, you know, we, we contend with things that way, but in general, if you still have that mentality of people want to do the right thing, as a general rule versus like trying to, you know, get one by you. Um, I think it's a much better way to live and it attracts a certain kind of person who also wants to be, function that way. We've managed to build an organization around that mentality, which is for me, the most important thing. And, and I would argue this honestly might be one of the most important lessons we've, we've talked about on this show. You know, trust is the new, to me, the new currency in this world. And if you're just building a house of cards, it's all going to come crumbling down with all the forces of the world today. Well, the problem, you know, the problem is that it's, it's so hard to build trust and it's so easy to break it. So, you know, people, you know, go back to my example before, you know, I'm a little bit reluctant sometimes to go into certain relationships. It's not from a trusting perspective. It's more just, I've seen what messy looks like and it's, and I just don't want to get involved in that. Trust is a much higher level concept, but the same, that same theme applies you can do everything right and because people have been burned. So people, you know, the, the, the scar doesn't go away. Um, and even, you know, at a certain point, you get to a certain level, you know, a certain level of experience like on earth and you've had enough successful interactions with trusting people and being trusted that if you get, you know, something negative happens, you can overcome that. But early stage, you get burned once, like it becomes foundational. It can really just change your your, your mental, your chemistry, really. I mean, it's really, it can really be really damaging. I hear that. I absolutely hear that. And, you know, for any entrepreneur listening out there, I'm sure they can also resonate kind of with, with their own personal experience. And, you know, I'm actually curious to know, Daniel, like how you've incorporated these values into your business so that integrity, let's say, as potentially one could be used as a way to treat other partners, customers, buyers, et cetera. Integrity is... Absolutely, one of them. We have six core values at, at our in our organization, New Frontiers. Um, we 
and I was just talking about this earlier today. It's so funny. I talk, I spend my, I'm talking about it a lot lately, which is which I love because I think it's really important. When we crafted our core values, it was an iterative process. And it wasn't iterative over a couple of hours. It was over a couple of months. We would pick some word that seemed like the right kind of things we we're looking for or we going for. And then we would test them out, essentially. And they wouldn't meet the test. And the test was multi-layered. It's not just do these core values describe who we are as individuals? It's not just, does it describe who we are as an organization? It's both of those things. And it's also, does it describe who we want to be working with in terms of collaborations, clients we work with? And it ha these concepts have to apply to all of these categories. So if integrity, I'm not, gonna, I'm not interested in working with somebody internally or externally who does not demonstrate integrity. I'm not interested in working with somebody internally or externally who's not going to allow themselves to be held accountable, right? I'm not looking, I'm not interested in working with somebody who's not willing to focus on professional, personal and professional development as like a, a core, like a, be like a lifelong learner, essentially, as like a core value. So, you know, and we have others, you know, empathy, et cetera. It, it, to, when we finally, you know, got these concepts in place and began to, you know, test them out and they kept on working, we were, I mean, it was super exciting. Um, but it was a process for sure. Uh, but it also, that's, that's kind of the, the, the guiding light. It has to not be just about, just about us or just about the organization. It's also about the external component because, you know, we make recommendations and referrals to folks and vice versa. Our name and our brand is still associated with that. And it has to be that people who come to us understand that we're going to, you know, we operate a certain way. We provide a certain service. And, we, and if it's not for you, that doesn't mean that we're wrong. It means that we're not a good match, right? happens enough times, maybe, maybe we're wrong and we need to kind of reassess that, right? But it's really about fit. We don't want somebody working with us who's not going to be comfortable working with us. And that's okay if they're not. And, and Dan, I like how you said, you know, it takes a long time to build trust, but it, it's easy to go. Like, like trust is, comes on a bicycle and it leaves on a Ferrari. You know, it's just, that's just how it is. Um, what are some qualifying questions? Obviously, you're taking some sense of risk even coming on this show, right? You're taking a risk uh, with that individual, with that person. What are some qualifying questions to understand, hey, you know, we're values aligned. I trust you. We have kind of the grounds to develop a relationship. That's a good question. And I'm going to preface it by saying, I'm not sure I can provide you specific examples, but I'm thinking just thematically, it's, it, it's certainly deeper than, you know, the typical interview questions that one asks. Well, I mean, I, I, let me take a step back. I guess the reality is I can't answer that question because there are no questions I can I can provide that are going to give me a sense of trust in in the long term, right? Like it's like I said, you have to earn trust. I want to give people the benefit of the doubt to demonstrate that they deserve the trust, which may put me in a position to expose myself. But I'd rather be in that position than just discount everybody because I don't like their shirt or they were had an off day during an interview, right? Like that can happen. That's not, that's not to me like the highest level of, of interpretation for someone's capabilities and trust. I have another question for you just while you're here. Like, let's say you've developed some rapport with someone. Let's talk about an employee. Like you've, you've developed some good trust with this person. You just brought them in. They're doing a pretty good job. And then, then they do something that you're just like, for some reason, I can't trust you anymore. What, what do you, 
What do you do with an employee like that? Do you try to work with them to develop that trust back? Or do you say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's time to, to focus your time somewhere else. So before I make that declaration, we want to have we want to make sure we've covered all the bases, checked under every rock, and inc- including that is is a conversation, right? Like I think they I think everyone deserves the benefit of being looked in the eye, and having an opportunity to respond to accusations or to concerns. I've been accused of things, um, not flattering, um, doesn't present well in the media, and um, I've learned that you have to be very careful with believing everything you read, interpreting it the way that it's intended to be interpreted. That there's three sides to every story. And there's also like circumstantial components, you know, a moment in time thing. So there's a lot of layers to it. Um, I just learned the term just earlier today, carefrontation, um, which I'll, I'll, you know, give my, my new friend Steve Erickson uh, a shout for that. Um, that. This is a concept of essentially you can say anything to anyone, right? But you have to do it with respect and be mindful of how it lands. And before you have all the facts, when it comes to like a direct conversation, direct confrontation about trust being broken potentially, I think you have to be very aware of the fact that maybe you don't have all the information, maybe you're wrong. And if you say something a certain way, a question can turn to an accusation very quickly. And you gotta think about how do you wanna be treated? Do you deserve a second chance? Does everyone deserve a second chance? There are some lines that can't be crossed. Um, and lying and stealing are amongst those things. And if that's what happens, then it's immediate grounds. That's it. There's really nothing to talk about at that point. Um, But anything short of that, I think, does deserve a a careful listen, particularly to somebody who's been dedicating themselves to your organization and to your cause for some period of time. Certainly. No, absolutely. And for for folks listening to this, like, wait, I've been really enjoying this conversation with this Koffler guy. Like, but what does he do? Like share a little bit more about New Frontiers and the great work you guys are doing. So we, it, it's, New Frontiers is an executive function coaching organization. Executive function coaching is different from, but inclusive of executive coaching, ADHD coaching, life coaching. Those are all components of what we do. And we can apply, we can, we can work in, that, in those modalities for populations who need those specific supports. We do it in many cases, but it, it speaks to a broader the broader kind of foundation that ties them all together, which is organizational skills, time management, you know, how we process information, how we sequence information. Um, these are skills that we are not taught in society in any kind of like direct manner, but we are absolutely expected to understand how to, how to manage these, these personality traits or these kind of these, these skills, these functions. Um, and there's very little um, tolerance, I guess you can say, for not having them. Think about it in this context. If you hire somebody and, they're, and the job is to be at a certain place at a certain time on certain days and have certain information prepared, and they just can't handle that simple step, they're not going to make it. That, this begins, we begin to kind of experience these, these, the requirement for these skills in middle school, right? When we change from like, you're sitting in one class all day long in elementary school and you kind of go to different groups, you know, together with this class. So now you have an A and a B day. And then high school, you have like a, like a, like a fairly maybe discombobulated schedule from day to day. College, it's a free-for-all. And then real life, it's a complete free-for-all. You know, what comes your way comes your way. You have to be able to manage those different expectations um, of yourself and of other people through what's called executive functioning skills. 
Um, so the difference between what we do and how we think about it versus you know some of these other kind of more commonly understood concepts of executive coaching, et cetera, is it speaks to like brain development and how we learn. So which then kind of translates to you know communication style, communication skills, which leads to management style, management skills, et cetera. This all came from my family business that I mentioned earlier. So we were in the school business, we had and we had general and special education programs that we operated. We had kids graduating from our special education high school environments, moving on to college. And they had been receiving supports for many, many years. And not just supports in the classroom, but living at home, right? Like that's a, there's a support component to living at home and having your bed made and having money available and food in the fridge. That doesn't happen in college. And people really, you know, you don't realize these things until you get there in some cases, you know, how drastic the shift can be environmentally and expectation-wise from high school to college. And we didn't want to see these kids who, who were receiving a lot of support transition to the next arena without these supports because they very likely would have had, you know, significant challenges making those transitions. And, and very likely, I know for a fact, because we had other folks coming to us who didn't receive these supports transitioning to college. And they had a very difficult time managing that transition. So that was kind of the, the foundation of it, you know, helping individuals transition from high school to college, developing the appropriate skills to be independent, self-advocating members of society. Hmm. And that's now expanded to, you know, we work with folks as young as eight, as old as 80, um, across the country, across the globe, um, on a variety of, of challenges. The, the, the special education piece, think of it, there's a concept in, in education called universal design. So think about a curb cut, right? Like where you push like a stroller or like a, like a cart up onto a curb from the street. Mm-hmm. That was designed for a wheelchair, right? But it's used by many, for many different applications. That's a universal design. That concept applies to education and lifelong learning and even management skills um, through the lens that we operate through from a coaching lens. It makes a lot of sense, absolutely. And of course, it's very impactful work. Uh, what you're doing uh, with the company. Um, so appreciate everything that you guys do over there. And you know, I just love the saying, you know, you want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go with a group. People need community. You know, people need group support. They need others to help um, integrate them into society and continue to help support them along their journey, respective journeys. Um, Daniel, we talked a lot today. We talked really about the why, you know, trust, how to build it, and then finally what, what you do in New Frontiers. Let's bring this home and all of this Daniel, what is your definition of a real leader? So um, my definition of a real leader is a person who can, who's able to build an organization that can live on without them, right? So I think it's really important to lend that leadership to, to the team, to the brand, to help build that. But at the same time, I think that it is unhealthy for a concept or an organization to require one individual's finger, you know, on the scale the entire time of its existence, or else it can't function. So, to me, that 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 relates back to kind of you know trust and empowering your top people and the entire organization up and down up and down the org chart as you need the accountability chart. Excuse me, that's the language we use. Um, it requires empowering folks up and down the accountability chart to give them the ability to really know their responsibilities and own them. Because if I have to be looking over their shoulder every day, um, it's not good for anybody. It's not my management style. I don't think it's a successful management style, frankly. Um, 
So to me, it's like kind of put the things in place to clear the brush away, to build the foundation that allows this concept, this organization to live on in perpetuity. I love that. The fundamentals of traction and responsibility and taking ownership for, for your job, your role. Daniel, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today for Daniel Koffler. I'm Kevin Edwards asking you out there, believe things better than you found it. And always, folks, keep it real. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Hey, Relators, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to Relators.com today, you're gonna get the first 30 days for free where you're gonna be able to access all of our magazines courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.